Hi, everyone. Welcome to our prayer time tonight. It's great to have you with us, and I'm glad you're joining us. And if you found us online, thanks for being a part of what we're doing here at Everett Hills Baptist Church. If you're one of our church members that are watching uh, online tonight, thank you for joining me in this time of prayer together. I know that we have some people coming on campus tonight, and we'll be worshiping the Lord together on campus, but it just does my heart well to know that you are worshiping remotely tonight with me as we're looking at God's Word. There's a lot of things we can pray about tonight. Specifically, we're going to pray for our, our country and the upcoming elections, that God's will be done, and that we will choose wisely, and that we will support those that support God's decrees and what concerns God. But also I want to pray for us individually, that we walk as lights before the living Lord, that we don't get caught up on things that are not what the Lord wants us to be focused about, but caught up on ideas that God wants us to be focused towards, like how we live in a way that brings glory and honor to him. So my mind has went to Micah chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. It's a, The prophet is talking to the children of Israel and he is spelling out what God really wants from us and what God desires from us. And I love this passage of scripture because it gets to the heart of the matter. It doesn't go around the peripheral things about sometimes we get into these peripheral things thinking that'll please God if I do this or that'll please God if I do that. But what the Lord really wants from us is something very important. We're going to look at that tonight. And then we're going to look at a passage from the book of Mark where Jesus is talking to his disciples and the disciples are missing the point of what God wants them to be. They're worried about other things. It's not the most important thing to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so Micah chapter 6, verse 6 through 8 says these words, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? A great question. How should I come before the Lord and how should I present myself to the Lord? And so he says these words, Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of river of oil? So it's really interesting that the prophet here is saying, you know, we're used to burnt offerings. We give to God to the Lord forgive us of our sins. We're used to bringing offerings of uh, special perfumes and oils for the Lord. So he be able to show our gratitude and, and seek to be able to be forgiven of our sins. But. He says it's something more than that. So he tries to push in further. He says, well, okay, if, if that's, is that enough to satisfy God? What about this? Which he knows it goes counter to God's law. But he says, shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? So he's crying out about the sin of his soul. So if I gave my firstborn child to you, Lord, and sacrifice it, which would go against what the Lord would want it altogether. But the idea is I gave you everything I had, even things that would be really dear to me. Will that be enough? And then the prophet actually says what the Lord really wants. He says these words, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? And these are the powerful words in Scripture. He requires of you to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. That we, as people of God, what he really wants is our hearts. He wants us to be not prideful. He wants us to be humble and dependent upon him. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. The fear is not like, oh, I'm afraid, but to walk in awe of God, realizing he is God <clears throat> and we are man. That he, he controls the universe and we get to be part of the universe that he controls. He sends the rains and we get to 
enjoy the rains that he sends to give us life. He sends the sunshine that comes up in the east and sets in the west to give us life. We don't control any of that. God does. With a mindset of us bowing our hearts low and saying, Lord, I want to be yours. I want to give my life to you willingly. God can use that in a powerful way. And to do justice, to, to walk in God's law, to do what's right, not what's wrong, not for self-gain, but because you want to do what is just before the living God. And to love kindness, show kindness, do unto others you have them do unto you. So the Lord tells us to enjoy kindness, enjoy showing other people, you know, respect and and love and show them the way of the Lord. Now, in the passage of scripture in Mark, it's an interesting thing. The disciples had already experienced the Lord's power. He has fed many people. He, he has done the two miracles of feeding the thousands of people and breaking the bread and, and the fish. And they've seen him be able to do that, to take just a few loaves of bread and a few loaves of fish, I mean, some fish and turn it into a multitude of food. And they know that the Lord can feed people. They've seen people, he's seen him raise people from the dead. They've seen him walk on water. They've seen him calm the storm. They are beginning to realize that they're walking with the living God. And for some of them, he has already took them up to the Mount of Transfiguration, where he saw people come out of heaven that recognized that Jesus was God. And people like Peter said, man, I am with God. Lord, we're going to build you a, a temple up here, three temples, one for you and the people coming out of heaven so we can come and worship you in this mountain. The Lord says, I don't want that. I, I want you to follow me. And so they're coming down off the mountain. They're traveling now. And they begin to discuss among themselves, hey, we are walking with God. This guy is powerful. They might not fold to have the full picture yet, but they're getting the concept that they're walking with the living God. They're best friends with God. And so instead of saying, man, I'm humble to be in the presence of God, they begin to bicker and complain uh, with each other about who's going to be the greatest in this kingdom and the pecking order that Jesus was going to put them in. Sounds like us sometimes, right? The Lord wants us to walk humbly before the Lord. He wants us to be a servant. He wants us to show kindness. Uh, he wants us to be full of integrity. He don't want us to fight over who's the strongest in this kingdom or who, who God's going to be the most happy with. That, that'll that take care of itself if we walk humbly before the Lord. And so this passage of scripture, they're, they're coming from uh, basically uh, walking and they're beginning to try to figure out who they are with the Lord and how they're going to be part of his kingdom work and who's going to be what position in his kingdom. And here we pick up in Mark chapter 9, verse 33. And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But when, but they kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. Already they're not uh, going by the concept of kindness. They were arguing with one another. They wanted to be the one that's in, uh, in, in the first position in God's kingdom. And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and a servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Who receives one such child in my name receives me, and who receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. And what that passage of Scripture is saying is, when you receive a child, and the child has no value to give you, but you show kindness and, and love towards a child, and, it can, and, it, and this can also be an analogy for another believer, and so they're fighting against each other as people that are supposed to be in the same grouping as Jesus and following him. They're, they're fighting with one another. And the Bible says that they know that we are Christians by our love, not how we fight with one another, but how we show love to one another. So they're doing just opposite. So if you love a child that has no 
a way to be able to give anything back to you. You're showing the love to that child. It's like showing love to Jesus. Or if you love a believer uh, who and give give honor to another believer, you're giving honor to Jesus. And the same way he says, if you basically minister to me, you're also ministering to God. That there's more than the person you're ministering to. Every time you minister to a person, you're also ministering to someone else. You're connected to someone else. If you minister to believer, you're connected to Christ. If you minister to Christ, he said, you don't minister just to me. You minister to the Father, that I'm connected to the Father. The love that you show me goes to the heart of the Father too. The love that you show someone else goes to the heart of me, Christ says. And so in this passage of Scripture, it goes on. Uh, there's another uh, issue going on where John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. So we see someone else doing some great miracles under your name and your power, but they're not part of our pecking order because they're not walking with you. So we try to stop them because we will make sure that they've got to be part of this band of people close by you. They're still looking out for their own selfish ways of trying to be greater in God's kingdom and only have the power from themselves, not realizing that other people who follow Jesus could have that same power to do mighty things in the name of Jesus. And so here's what Jesus says. But Jesus said, do not stop him. For no one who does a mighty work in my name will be will be able soon afterwards to speak evil of me. It means that they love me. They're doing something in my man name. They won't sit there and say, oh, I did this out of my own power. They did it because they knew they had the power of Jesus in their life. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Saying to them, the most humble act of just giving a glass of water might seem very simple, might not seem like a very extraordinary thing, but in God's eyes, he sees every single act of kindness you do. And so for us, and the next part talks about temptation of sin. It's actually about not loving your brother or sister enough or in Christ to be able to look after their needs first, but still looking out after our needs. So if you read the rest of the chapter, he's still hitting this idea. It's not about your pride. It's not about your position. It's about us as believers being humble before the living God, walking in kindness in such a way that we want to take care of other people's even before we take care of ourselves, and be able to do it in such a way that we are living under the justice and truth of God's word working through us. And so I want to encourage you wherever you're at, we're in this time that everybody has a lot of unrest. There's a lot of things being back and forth, a lot of untruths being spread a lot of different ways and some truths being spread that's denied that's not truth as well. But we should be consistent. We are called to share God's love. We are called to share God's truth and stand on God's truth and his authority. And we're called to do it in such a way that we're not trying to bring glory and honor to ourselves, but we're asked to bring glory and honor to Christ. And so I'm glad that you joined me with this simple thought tonight. Let's be lights to the world. They, they need to know truth. They need to hear it from the hearts of believers. They're not bickering among themselves, but they're living for the kingdom diligently for Christ. I want to remind you, we have a lot of people to pray for. Please pray for our shut-ins. I know that we have so many. Avalu Fraser comes to mind tonight. Uh, also, I wanted to continue to think about Onita White. Uh, then we have people that's kind of beginning to fade physically, like Doris Johnson. I need to check on her again. I'm not seeing her in a few days. But I know that she's beginning to get closer, seeing her Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So pray for her and her family. Uh, I also think about people that I just loved. You think about how their lives and how they, they're great kingdom workers. Uh, I think about John and Betty Franklin. I know that they would always love to be encouraged as well. And any of our other shut-ins that are that are home, our widows, uh, they need some encouragement. So, if you're thinking about someone in their church family, please call them up. And uh, you know, 
it, it's, it works better when we're all working together to do that. So we're all making a difference in each other's lives. I love you, and we're going to pray together, and then we're going to bring this to a close. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, that you called us to love justice and live kind, live in kindness before mankind and to be able to just love you with all our hearts. Father, I just ask you, dear Lord, to help us do that. Help us be able to live for you in such a way that we're not trying to gain our own glory, but we're to reflect your glory by how we live humbly before you. Father, we do pray for our widows and shut-ins and those that are having physical sicknesses tonight that needs your special touch. There's so many in our congregation. We also praise you for your goodness. You've shown your favor upon us. There's so many exciting things that are happening as well in our church family that just is amazing that you're providing for us. Father, I also want to pray that you'll help us as we make decisions of this upcoming election. Let us have wisdom as we make our cast our vote. That's important and good right that you've given us as believers. Father, I also ask you to help us understand the things that concern you, the things that you're happy about. And so, Father, let us cast our vote in such a way that will be pleasing and honor to you. Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace. And dear Lord, we thank you for all your many kind, all your gifts of kindness towards us. These things are praying in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, I want to thank you for the people that's been given towards our repair of, of our B-Wing building. We've also had a little... Uh, hiccup. We've also had a, a damaged uh, roof that happened about two weeks ago with some flooding. And so continue to pray that we uh, continue. It's being repaired as we speak this week. And so we've had to use some of the money we had designated for the other repairs to repair that because it's a, some had to repair right away for no more, no more damage would occur. So continue to pray for, I think we've reached the over a hundred thousand dollar mark uh, this week and I'll have more clarity uh, tomorrow, but I think we're there. Uh, we still have ways to go. We, we want to put those windows in. We want to be able to fix that retaining wall and then move forward with future renovation plans. And so thanks for the giving. God's working among us. And there's credible stories what God's doing. And I'd like to share them with you maybe next Wednesday night. But I um, hope you have a great night. I love you. God bless you. Have a good night. Go in peace.